Welcome to the Dark Zone, an adventure racing podcast. The fact that it's such a new experience and something that, you know, that I, that I can learn to do now and that we can offer that to our community. That's, those are things that I'm very excited about that I think the, uh, our race offers, especially for just something new for our community that we've mentioned several times. Okay, you people sit tight, hold the fort and keep the home fires burning. And if we're not back by dawn, call the president. Dark Zone Adventure Racing Podcast. This is your host, Brian Gatens. Episode number 67, Chaynar Adventures. Paul Steele and John Harden, aspiring race directors just west of Nashville, Tennessee. An as yet undiscovered adventure racing mecca. Putting on the Chaynar Adventure Race this August 2023. Before we get into the episode, I want to thank Enabled Tracking, Mark and Margot Harris, for sponsoring this episode of the Dark Zone. Enabled tracking is there for all of your race tracking needs. Follow those dots. Pay attention to what Mark and Margot are doing. www.enabledtracking.com Thanks to John and Paul for coming on to the show. They are new at this and they are excited. It's going to be a great race. and We appreciate them joining us on the Dark Zone. I'd like to also mention the Dark Zone's charity partner, Ascend Athletics. We are proud to support their mission to empower young women through mountaineering-based leadership training and community service. All of our listeners are encouraged to visit ascendathletics.org to learn more about Ascend and their work in helping to develop leadership and resiliency in young women in Pakistan and Afghanistan through fitness, mental health, community service, and mountaineering. Please note that Ascend pays nothing for this mention. We just love the work that they do and are happy to spread the word. Be sure to check out their website for some upcoming activities that anyone can get involved in. Now sit back and relax and enjoy John and Paul of Chaynar Adventures. Tonight we are joined by Paul Steele and John Harden of Hardwood Adventures. They are two aspiring race directors. They have the Chaynar Adventure Race coming up later this year. Perhaps the most original name for an adventure race. And we will begin <laughs> by asking John to explain what the name means and when is the race going to be. Well, the name is a combination of two parks, Cheatham Wildlife Management Area, which is actually not a park, it's a wildlife management area, and the Narrows of the Harpets. Um, so the Chi and the Nar. We've actually written a story about the whole name, which is where uh, a cheetah and a narwhal um, come together and create a child called the Chinar. Um, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that's like a day for adventure race hallucination. Right? That's, so we'll save that for when you guys put on a five-day expedition race. So, so, oh, yeah. so those two areas, and I'm correct mm-hmm. that you're outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Correct. Right. So it's around 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes, depending on where you are in Nashville, outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And and the, the, the question I have there is, is that the... That area of the country, the, the the southeast Nashville, Tennessee that area, not really a big adventure race mecca. I know that adventure racing is, is newer there, but I'm I'm correct that Hardwind Adventures, which is the company that the two of you represent, have done a whole slate of other events that are leading into you doing an adventure race. Yeah, um, Hardwind Adventures has been around for 13 years. Uh, when I uh, when I first started the the company, I actually didn't know Paul when I first started. Um, it was because we were going on all these adventures. My friend Cody Goodwin and I, we were going on all these adventures. And uh, Nashville, you know, Chattanooga had all these ultra runs and, and climbing and, and whatnot. And there were some other places in Kentucky that had some adventures. So and just organized events. And so there's nothing like that in Nashville. And there's no real trail running scene. And so um, I had a couple of properties uh, available to me that I could do some work on. And so I just built a, uh, one of them being the Cheatham wildlife management area. We have a, a, a farm at the bottom South end of it. And uh, we just built 30 miles of trail and we created the music city trail ultra. And now I put on a close to 10 events a year. Um, and I've gone through rock climbing, paddle boarding. Um, and one gap that I see that 
um, you know, that I think that we desperately need is is adventure racing and road games. So here we are. And and I think and here the question is over for Paul on this one. The what you're doing for the purpose of the Chinar is that you're having a, a set adventure race and Paul you definitely give us the length of the race when when I when I give the question over to you, but also you're running a row game at the same time. Am I do I understand that correctly about the race? Um, yes. Yes. So how, how we have this set up. So, um, uh, there, part of this is practical and part of it is, um, uh, by a desire. Um, so the practical side is that the start line, which John, John's mentioned is a, is a private property that abuts the team of wildlife management area. Um, we can have as many people on that property as, as we want. There, there's not been a capacity limit on that. Um, the, the paddling section on the Narrows of the Harpeth, um, we do have a, a permitted capacity limit. We, we don't expect to hit it, honestly, but um, and it's, it's also the furthest thing away from the start line, um, the, the paddle is. So you need the bikes to get to the paddle. And um, so if we were going to have a, short, a shorter than 12-hour um, race, uh, we probably wouldn't be able to get the paddle in and done so so that um that kind of beginner length race that that is pretty common um at some of these events um it really only makes sense as a roguing given what we have um available to us um uh, but the second part of this is that um like like we said john's been doing races um uh, for 13 years in the national area but the people that know hardwood adventures um probably most of them do not own a mountain bike. So mm. if you're talking about a, a getting an entry into a navigation sport, having an option to be able to just go out on foot and complete, contend in a significant endurance level event um, with just learning um, how to use the map and the compass and to not get lost, um, it makes a lot of sense to have that as kind of the um, that second or, um, you know, easier entry point option. It's kind of putting that four to six hour AR, um, checking that box, but in a way that makes sense both for the community we're trying to serve and for the like the, the geographic area we've got available. Well, that's a credit to the two of you as race directors, right? You're, you're recognizing that you don't want to eliminate a significant portion of your racers because of a lack of equipment, right? The mountain biking issue. So therefore, those who have mountain bikes, they could do the full adventure race. And those who only on foot only, they could take part in the road game. What you're doing is you're turning the entire route over to the public and they get to pick what they want. So, so credit to you. Exactly. How long in terms of time are the two respective races? Time. Yeah. So the, the adventure race is 12 hours. Um, well, that'll be six to six um, during the daytime, not, not overnight. Okay. Um, That's next year. The Rogaine, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Rogaine is, is six hours, half, half that length. And we'll, we're trying to get most of the people finishing around the same time. So the Rogaine starts um, later in the day. Gotcha. Gotcha. Get the right. adventure races out on the course, let them start, then all be they'll be around each other. So, yeah, so the idea the, the idea is to make them to, to let them finish around the same time because we want everybody coming together at the same time. Um and one other thing that we 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 didn't mention is that there's also a, a rucking division in that pro game where they have because we have a large rucking community here as well. Um, and so we've thrown that into uh, the row game as well, where they have to carry weight. Now they might not get as many points, but um, it's gonna, it's a heck of an experience with the with the train they're going to go through. So with the, with with rucking, which is we don't discuss that a whole lot on the dark zone. Walk us mm -hmm. walk our listeners through what rucking is. I know it has to do with different levels of weight inside your pack that you agree to carry during the event. It's based off your weights. So okay. um, and it's only two different weights. So there's a there's ten pound, twenty pound. Um, based off your weight, I think it's um, if you're 150, you're carrying uh, you're carrying 20 pounds, 150 and above. Okay. Uh, if you're below that, then you're carrying 10. Gotcha. Uh, it's pretty pretty basic, and we just have uh, over the years, um, it's something that we've built up, and we now we have a strong rucking community as well. So just being inclusive of that, uh, and giving giving the community options, and again, it's a great introduction for you know, something new for these people if they don't have the equipment and looking into adventure racing and, and navigation. So um, that's, that's why we included it. 
So is there any sort of an orienteering community in the national area, or is this going to be for the, for the person in the race, this is going to be their first time with a map and a compass in their hands? We do. Um, we have the national orienteering, orienteering club. Okay. And they're, they're brand new anyways. They haven't been around long and, um, but they, they are doing, I think, uh, bi-monthly okay. events. Okay. Yeah. So there, so, so talk to me a bit about the national area. For example, we just had Expedition Ozark down in Bentonville, Arkansas. Bentonville, Arkansas has just become a, a, a mecca of just of just outdoor adventure, right? And they had a great five-day race down there, yeah. first time doing it. And and what really drove me to invite the two of you to come onto the dark zone is the idea that an area like Nashville, which is a very popular town in terms of the music scene, in terms of the you know, people fly there for the weekend, things like that. Talk to me about it as an adventure mecca. You, you've mentioned the rucking, you've mentioned the ultras, now adventure racing. If I'm home and I'm listening to this and if I want to come down to that area, what am I going to get if I decide to come to the national area? What's the terrain like? What are the different things that we could do like? You know, it's very similar to the Ozarks. Uh, I love the Ozarks as well. I actually um, have the FKT on the Ozark Highland Trail, which is 165 mile. Um, is, is, I know it's, uh, there's also the Ozarks down below. There's two different versions. But um it, it's very similar to that as far as terrain. You get a lot of water here, um, so a lot of rivers, a lot of um, a lot of, of creeks that you know that rise dramatically, just like the Ozarks. Um, a lot of um, a lot of like two to three hundred foot cliffs that go straight up and straight down. Okay, so um, you get a lot of you know Tennessee is kind of laid out where on the east side you have these huge mountains, and then in the center where Nashville is, it's a lot of um, we had the plateau and then you have a lot of rolling hills after that. And those hills are anywhere from 300 to 300 feet and, be- and below. And so that it can, it's quite steep in some places. It's rugged terrain. It's rocky. Um, and it never lets up really. <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking at like Bentonville, for example, is, is almost basically 500 miles due West of Nashville. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's almost on the exact same compass line as you go there. And you're saying that if they're, if you're, if you're looking at, at the Ozarks, that area, it's roughly the same kind of terrain. A lot of sheer cliffs, a lot of a lot of cha- a lot of water, a lot of challenges like that. Yeah, I would say a little steeper. Okay. Um, Ozarks a little bit more rolly um, to me. It is at least, uh, but Nashville, it, it's um, you get these st- steep cliff lines and, sh- and straight drops. Kind of, um, yeah, it, it can be rolling the further further west you go. But um, that's kind of kind of my in, in our general area. That's what it's like. And so I'm, I'm intrigued uh, about the idea of Nashville, right? Because as I mentioned, Bentonville before, I love the idea of exposing the Dark Zone listeners to new places to go do adventures. And, and I respect the fact that with with Chinar, um, that you're bringing a race of 12 hours to, to this area. Right. And so so credit to you. Um, there are race companies that operate in the Southeast. There's a lot of different organizations that are down there. This is kind of new. Um, what I'm yeah. what I'm guessing is, and I want you two to, to walk me away from this or, or towards it, if I'm correct. It sounds to me, John, that you have the the ultra background experience with Hardwind Adventures, that your own work is with the FKTs, the, the rucks, the climbing, all of that. And then, Paul, it sounds like you're bringing the adventure racing component to it because you've had a really good result last year in the FIG. Am I correct, Paul, about when you raced the FIG adventure race? Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, no, I've, I've, I haven't won a race yet, but I've, I've podiumed overall a couple of times. Okay. Um, so, Paul, Paul yeah, and I, I do. Heard. Yeah, he, he's Paul's. Paul and I were doing track together, or we do track together every Tuesday. And okay. he kept on getting in my ear of, uh, John, we have to do an adventure race. Oh, this place would be awesome for an adventure race. And um, I've always wanted. I've actually, I've never done an adventure race. Personally, I've been on a lot of adventures, but I've never done an adventure race. And right. uh, he keeps trying to make me join his team. And I'm always, I've been trained. Last year, I was training for the AT. Um, and so for the speed work on the AT. So I, I didn't have time to do any of his races. I didn't want to get injured. Uh, yeah. But that's, it was all, it's all Paul's doing. Paul's the one who's who's been driving this and, and is really trying to bring AR uh, racing to the Nashville area. And I think it's great that the, the the two of you form a natural team in the regards that the fact that Harwood Adventures has the muscle memory, has the website, has the access to the community. Mm-hmm. And now you're laying an experience on top of that, right? And so you're looking to sort of triangulate off your success and use that to bring people into the adventure racing. Paul, with you, with the, with the the planning for the adventure race and and having done them yourselves, and I think you're being a little humble. What was your result last year at the FIG? 
I was a solo, and um, I was third overall. I was third overall solo division. Right. right. So, so let's give yourself some credit, right? I mean, I mean, the figures is, is the real deal. We've had the race directors on. So credit to you. And then also you're heading up to Exhibition Canada. Am I correct? Yeah. Okay. And then, and tell me about, we'll come back to, to Chinar in a second. I love the story behind your team in Exhibition Canada. Team Supernova. Tell us a bit about how the team came together and how much training you've done together. Oh, well, we, uh, team came together in kind of the most haphazard way possible. Um, a, a friend and I, um, we we did actually the the hogback one of AR Georgia's races together um, back in 2021, um, and after that we did well. Uh, we got second overall at that race. Um, but after that, we were like, all right, let's do an expedition race um, coming up. We, we we can expand on this. And um, I wanted to delay a year because I had to go run around um, Maine, New Hampshire with somebody uh, last summer. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, which was part of uh, track that's part of john's attempt on the at yeah yeah well, yes. we'll we'll get there but um so we we pushed it to 23 and so the two of us were looking for a team we we connected with um with a with a woman who had um previously been signed up for the uh exhibition colorado event that got canceled mm -hmm. and she was looking for teammates and new opportunities so the two of us connected with her and while we're trying to build the team out, my friend um, had a very understandable personal situation come up and had to drop out. So then we were scrambling, just finding teammates and we got to, but um, we all entirely met through the internet, which is, which is pretty, um, pretty random. Um, two of the four racers are, um, uh, use Travis Macy as a coach. Um, for AR, so he's, he's um, coming on the show next week. We got him coming on. Oh, great! Yeah, mm -hmm. so um, I know when we were scrambling for our fourth after um, after my friend was had to had to back out. Uh, Travis was the connection to get to get the last teammate in, which was great. Um, but yeah, we I have never raced with my teammates before. Um, they did it. a training. There was a training event um, in the San Francisco Bay Area in february or march i think that the other three of my teammates were able to all make it out there um i wasn't able to uh to make the trip to the other side of the country for the training race um so it, it's kind of haphazard and um yeah the the team dynamics are are really an unknown i mean we we talk weekly and have for quite some time um getting ready for this so we we certainly don't lack in communication but uh, there's, there's some, there's something to be said for, you know, if, if I were doing a race with John, like, you know, we've, we've done all kinds of crap together already. Right. Um, <laughs> it'd be a little, a little less of a, of an unknown. Um, but yeah, I'm excited and I'm nervous about that part, but frankly excited about it too. And that's, and, and one thing we've heard in the dark zone with previous guests is that when they're in that situation, you're doing something really smart, which is you're having conversations beforehand before you find yourself out there. We had team uh, bend on and they actually won expedition ozark um and there they said that they really their strength was their communication and going into the race knowing what they could and could not do so credit to you you know i mean, I mean you, you say things to these things to people who don't do adventure racing don't do endurance sports hi there's three people that you've never really ever met before you've met through the internet you've agreed to go to a different country to do a five-day race that is really, really hard. Exhibition Canada is the real deal. Natalie Long's credit and shout out Natalie Long. You're, you're a goat when it comes to building races. And now all of a sudden, here you go. Right. And it's just, but that's why, that's why you'll be a future guest of the dark zone. Right. Cause when it's all said and done, you'll just be a story machine. Um, I love the idea that you're, that you're connecting your love of adventure racing with the Nashville area with John's experience. I think that that really speaks to those pieces coming together. That being said, as you're going into the planning stages, right, and we want people to, to hear about the race, what has been your greatest challenge in putting together an adventure race in an area that has never had it before? And what's really getting in your way right now? And by the way, and just and just so I can say, when is the race going to be? So the race is August 19th. As far as a challenge, I, I think um, the the two the two parks that we're doing it at, at like could not be more different from each other. Um 
so in the the Cheatham, we actually we were originally going to have this race on the 26th, and then they realized that they the the guys at the park said, "Oh, we have a hunting event that weekend. We can't let you in on that weekend, so you got to change your date." So it's like, okay, there there's no there's very very few people, but the whole like everything is about don't Bob don't be in the hunter's way, right? Like <laughs> you can't be in there during hunting season. On the other hand, the Narrows. Um, we're doing this on a Saturday in August. That is a very, very, very highly trafficked park. Um, so, so we had a um, we had a permitting process with the park ranger at the Narrows. Um, that's just really concerned about um, the impact that our racers might have on the park and um, interactions with other guests, etc. Um, so, we've actually designed our race. Um, we're we're intentionally maybe being a little more prescriptive than the average adventure race, because we want our paddle to start early. Mm -hmm. um, so we're, it's a 6 a.m. start of the race. We want, it, it doesn't start in the boats, but we would like everyone to be in a boat by eight o'clock in the morning. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, because by the time 11 o'clock rolls around, there might be 300 other boats that aren't ours on that stretch of the Harpeth river. Got it. So oftentimes in races like this, you know, no, nobody, there's so few kayaks that actually get out on water. Like, Hey, there's kayakers for the race and there's no other boats, no other personal watercraft at all anywhere. That's just not the case. And, the and what is the boat traffic? Is it, is it motorized boat traffic or is it other, other, other kayaks? Canoes and kayaks. Okay. Okay. There will be, there will be hundreds of them. So gotcha. we just are trying to get in front of them. Well, that Basically. makes sense, right? Just get, just get your people on the water and get them off the water and move on to something else. Right? Exactly. I, I'm sure that we'll, I'm sure our racers will encounter a few people that are already out there, some fishermen um, and some, some early birds, but uh, they'll be ahead of 98% of the traffic. But it's just, we have a hugely trafficked area and then a really remote area in the same race. Okay. <laughs> so it's yeah. the, yeah. the permitting That's process and balancing those two, I think was, Certainly, definitely the biggest challenge we've had thus far. Um, well, we, we have permits all the time. The whenever we talk to race directors on the darks, and I talk to them personally, they always mentioned how getting the permit, talking to the land managers, explaining what adventure racing is because people don't get it. Because because even John, you did it before. You've said you've done races that are adventures, right? And so sometimes, sometimes people they don't they have to explain what adventure racing is and how it's a multidiscipline sport, map and compass with team, and land managers sometimes just don't get it. They just don't. And a large part of your experience is like is explaining it to them so that they understand it better. Especially when this area specifically for hunters, they right. have the priority. Um, and to be honest, we're not we're not even on their radar. They don't you know, they tolerate us, uh, but they <laughs> and they've been great so far. But it's, um, you know, it's it's definitely it's definitely geared towards the hunter. Um, and you know, we have to, to work around that schedule. Another, another issue that, you know, that I've, I've, I worry about with that race is just how remote the Cheatham wildlife management area is. I mean, it's, it's a 25,000 acre park. Mm -hmm. It's massive. There's not that many trails. There's only the trails that we built and they're going to be covered probably. So that's, you know, it's just a lot of work. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of backstops. Right. You know, very yep. often here in the Northeast where we, we where we're out of Jersey that like you go to a, a park, if you, if you get lost, just walk West and eventually going to come across the highway. It sounds like that's right. not your reality. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you go three miles in one direction, you'll hit something eventually, but right. like it, it, yep. it's not going to be 400 yards. No. Gotcha. Gotcha. And it's a lot, and it sounds like it's feel, I feel I'm looking at the map now with Cheatham, which is a big swath of land. It's a lot of, I got you. That's a, that's a lot of terrain. Are you going with trackers? Are people going to be live tractor on the race? Yes. Okay. Yes, they are. Okay. Yes. Yeah. We okay. had a conversation yesterday, actually, to get to iron out mm -hmm. the details with uh, Mark Harris at yeah. um, Enable Tracking. So, good. good. Um, yeah. That's amazing so, yeah. how that's really become the, the, with Mark's technology, he does a lot of the races around the world, a lot of them the, that I know of on the East Coast. Um, and there's a whole other discipline now of dot watching. And then when the race starts, people will be able to do it. Alan Wagner at Broad Run Off Road just had a great race this weekend. Everyone had trackers on it for a 10-hour race. So it was really, uh, really good. I, I can't wait. I mean, even even in the ultra running scene, I can't wait until people 
into our phones are able to communicate with satellites as well instead right. of just sending a signal also receiving as well so that would that would be um hugely beneficial to to race directors across if we can get it on our watches which is inevitable um yeah i'm, so, I'm looking forward to that day so how's it going with the with the, the checkpoint setting with the map building like it sounds like paul you've done races but you've never like who's doing your map building for you that um we honestly we've gotten some pointers from the orienteering club mm -hmm. um and so, some of this is um we we know where to start we've got a basic course layout set up but how we're going to build the maps um is is something we we're we're still we're still working on i mean honestly we're still learning i plan on asking people who know how to do it mm -hmm. um but we've, we've got a couple of months still um so to make sure that make sure that they're high quality. And this is absolutely one of the things that I know as a rookie that like has to be right. Um, right. I have had too many times where I've looked for a checkpoint that the map shows is right on the trail. And then you find out that it's actually a hundred yards off the trail, 50 feet above, like, above the trail where you right. got to scramble up a bluff to get there. You're like, what, what is yep. this? Yep. Like, that's not what the map showed. And so I, I like a priority for us is to not do that to, to, for every every checkpoint to be interpretable off of the um, off the map with the compass, yeah. like definable. So, and, um, and I, I've, there's there's still learning that needs to be done um, for us to to achieve that goal. But we're we're going to get there. Yeah, and that's and then part of that too is the idea of, of getting the maps built, getting a spending a lot of time in the woods. Like like you know, there's a fair amount of high quality race directors that I'm able to interact with, and the biggest thing that they do is they just spend a lot of time in the woods with the maps in their hands, moving around, finding places. What they don't do, what they don't do is they don't just use like CalTopo, and they don't just use like, and they don't pick like a GPS coordinate and say we like the spot, we'll put a spot there because the maps that you look on the computer is not from the map you actually walk around with. So you have to actually have the map in your hand in the woods. Um, yes. We've all done races where the race director, for whatever reason, you didn't actually scout the entire course by foot. And you could tell those races, you could tell when that happened. So I think for you, good on you, it's it's still early, the races in August. So getting those maps down is a really important thing. What do you I know doing? every inch of that. I, I know every inch of that park. <laughs> Perfect. So that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's what you want, right? I mean, I've walked I, every inch of it. I mean, I, yeah. I will tell you that you hear overwhelmingly that race directors are very often people that have an area near their home that they love and say, you know something, I want to share this with other people. And it sounds like that's your dynamic with Cheatham that you uh, yeah. know that area you love it you know it's a great place to bring people into what is the what is the expected terrain like is it is it thick woods at that time in august it's going to be high summer will it be dry in there will it be thick do you have rhododendron will it be trail systems like what could the average racer expect in the woods well you can take that one john uh, <laughs> it's going to be thick in there it's going to be you're, you're going to have so Cheatham does have gravel roads and uh, for the bikes, um, but you're going to get a lot of you're you're probably going to have a lot of um, you know just blowdowns as well because mm -hmm. that it's it's not a place that's well traveled. Um, you're going to have thick thick bush, not rhododendrons. There are some trails. as the trails that I built. I mean, we built 30 miles of trails um, through there, and they stay pretty clear. Um, but it's definitely going to be hard in the middle of August with, with the heat. It's going to be a huge factor. Um, and, and just also the, the wildlife as well. So, you know, of course, as always with any race, being careful, snakes, things of that nature. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Like I'm looking now at the, at Stravi heat maps and there's not a whole lot of trail heat maps inside Cheetah. No. Yeah. yeah. No. And probably everything you see on that heat map are people that had a GPS tracker on running Jones race. Got it. That's right. Okay. So we have a race every March there. Got it. Okay. So that's it. Okay. So that's part of it right there. Yeah. That's, that's, so you're, so you're inviting people to come back to a pretty rugged area, you know, trackers, yes, will be very helpful map and compass, but this is going to be something in which the, the beginner racer is going to feel a healthy challenge going into it. But to your point, the Rogaine gives them a chance just to focus just on the navigation part of it too. Yes. You, you plan on bringing out the orienteering uh, group before the race to do a little tutorial for people in the parking lot before the race starts? Why don't you take that one? We, we have been chatting with them about, about partnering with it on this. Uh, that sounds like a great way that that could work. Um, I know we're going to encourage people to go to their orienteering meets mm -hmm. um, as they are 
as their their schedule gets built out in the summer and the months leading up to the to the race. Um, their next one is actually on on boats, uh, a paddle orienteering meet on Percy Priest Lake on yeah. in two weeks, I think. Um, one option too is always have the, the idea of, of borrowing an orienteer. That if a team wants to bring an orienteer along, that person agrees to sort of offer some advice and guidance along the way, but won't do it for them. So they bring like a little guardian angel along in the course and <laughs> to explain that out a little bit. That's not a bad thing to do. You want people to be able to come back at the end of the race. You don't want to be sitting there tapping your watch nine hours later, wondering where these teams are as their tractor keeps going in circles. Yeah, but honestly, one of that's one of the biggest reasons why we wanted the tracker. Um, what, what both both for our our own experience at this, um, and the the fact that the Cheatham is so remote, like it's it will it's so easy for someone to get dramatically lost in that in that track to land. It, it looks deceptive because I mean we're we're like barely outside of the natural suburbs on that side of town. Um, but uh, it's it's a huge tract of land that that's really and there's a lot. Um, the we're, we're not talking about three thousand foot bottom to top mountains here. Like like John was saying that these are hills that are three or four hundred feet high. So there's a lot of them. You right. could easily be in the wrong valley gotcha. and not know it. Yep. Um, so it, it's that from that challenge. Like that's why we want the tracker so that we can go send out rescue parties and <laughs> know where they're know where the folks are, at least roughly that we're trying to go find. Right, right. And they can always um, stop at O'Brien's general store too. It sounds like that's a healthy spot right in the park. I'm looking at that right now on the map. That could be a checkpoint <laughs> on the map. <laughs> if if it's open. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's open. Yeah. It's yeah. The owner's discretion. So <laughs> we had a, they did Nashville's one time down in North Carolina and they they talk the owners into keeping open of a local store. Stayed open overnight at three o'clock in the morning. We came oh. wandering in and they were there waiting oh. for us. So it was very nice of them. Um, so oh, as, nice. as you as you sit back now and as you talk about the race itself and you and you layer all these different experiences on there, what do you think will be the most successful part of the race? Like when people sit when the race is over and they sit back and they say, you know, I did this race. It was the first time I've done an adventure race, and the race directors brought us this experience. What do you think they're going to say? Paul and I were we're on our bikes, and it's it's been a long time since I've been on my bike in in in, in that area. And we rode our bikes down to the narrows of the Harpeth, and I was kicking myself because I had never done that before. And um, we were going to the park and just all the things that we can do. And I, I'm typically in there running and, and building trail. And I, I think it's just I was like, wow, this is this is really really cool that we can take this path and it's an adventurous path. It's, it's, it's got some great speed to it and it rolls really well. Um, so uh, for me, it was just the fact that it's such a new experience and something that, you know, that I, that I can learn to do now and that we can offer that to our community. Yeah, that's, those are the things that I'm very excited about that. I think the, uh, our race offers, especially for just something new for our community that we've mentioned several times, as far as the, the course itself, what I think it offers, I mean, narrows of the harp is, is absolutely beautiful. And the Cheatham is absolutely beautiful. If you can get down into the valleyways, um, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's so thick as, as we've said before, but we're going to put them down there anyways. Um, and the, the Cheatham, I, I can't wait for people to discover Cheatham wildlife management area, actually, because it is, a, uh, it has the potential to become the Mecca park for Nashville. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just a wonderful park and has a lot of, um, it has, a, has a lot of, um, uh, what can we say, uh, not opportunity, but it's uh, the chance to, to shine. So I'm looking forward to, to everybody getting to experience that. John, we mentioned earlier before we, the fact that the reason why Paul couldn't do a big race last year was he was chasing you around New Hampshire and Maine. Um, yeah, tell our listeners no. a bit about your attempt on the Appalachian Trail. Um, last, last June, um, tried to set the speed record on the Appalachian Trail. So I've been training for the Appalachian Trail. It's been a big goal of mine um, for three years. So at this June, I, I launched out, um, I built out a, a, an old Sprinter van. <laughs> um, and we, uh, I had a, I had a race crew following me and Paul, you know, I had friends joining me in certain sections and Paul, the hardest section is Maine and New Hampshire. Um, and Paul, you, you joined me for at the end of Maine and we got to do the whites together, uh, through New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, that was a huge, I got, I was around, um, I was at race pace 
all the way through New Hampshire. And then I tore my quad. I kept on for a week, but my, um, I started falling behind Carl Meltzer, who's the current record holder for the southbound. Um, but I was at record pace for a while and it's a heck of an adventure. Paul, Paul went through a lot with me. Uh, we were kicking out 55 mile days. So, uh, that's no joke on the AT. Yeah. Especially the whites of New Hampshire, really something else, Mount Washington yes, and right sir. across that range. Yeah. The Prezi Traverse is the whole part. And, and. Oh yeah, so- we did that. We did that. Um, I did a little bit before the presidential reverse. It's a big day going so, through that. So before the injury yeah. took you off the trail, how long, how long was the attempt before you got pulled off? Uh, I was two weeks in at, at record pace, a little bit above record pace. And then in New Hampshire, I tied up with Carl because that's his terrain. That's where he's from. Right. Um, and I knew that that's exactly where I wanted to be. And I, I finished out in New Hampshire. And I was like, OK, it's race time because now I was out of New Hampshire um, and I could start getting some good speed on me. And the very next day with Paul, it's like, oh, my leg doesn't feel too good. And it was a small small tear and it just kept on getting worse yeah, and worse, it's worse and, and worse. Yeah, once, you, once, you, once you put a crack in there, it just falls apart. Right. It doesn't get, it doesn't get better after yeah, that. You well, have to stop I, you and know, it. Some, some people come back, um, you know, Christian Morgan, who who was coming northbound at the same time had, had a small tear and he was able to, to push through it. Um, I, I, I pushed through it for a while, but I was just, I, I was coming in too late. And so it was just, it just, it just wasn't working out after that. I think too, if you're going for a record attempt, if you begin, you know, early in the year, two weeks into the attempt and you have a small injury and you're falling off pace already, it's hard psychologically to keep going out there every morning. Right. Cause eventually it turns into a grind. Turns into a grind. I mean, every morning you're, you're every morning you're sleeping in the Valley, right? Because right. you got a road crossing. Um, and guess what you're doing first thing when you wake up in the morning, you're climbing Which, the mountains. Straight up. Yep. 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 And then you're just going straight back down and it doesn't stop. Gotcha. Straight up, straight down all the time. So, so obviously with the, with the two of you having some deep endurance experience, if, if someone from the national area wants to do the race and they sign up, do you have anything planned in advance of the race for, for beginners? Are you going to do like a seminar with them, a webinar online to talk about the race? Are you going to do a map and compass thing? Like clearly, you know, it's funny, you have an interesting challenge in front of you that you're, you're taking admittedly a very rugged section of wilderness. You're bringing newer racers into that wilderness who have to practice those skills what are your plans before the race to sort of get them ready for it? Anything, any access to you with webinars, any access to you with pre-recorded briefings, things like that? So my goal is to work with the National Orienteering Company and and do some, do like at least two two pre-events before um, before we launch. And that maybe that's something that we can record and put online. I do think educating people uh, before the race to just kind of a general layout of how this race is going to be ran uh, will be beneficial mm-hmm. and we'll provide that. Um, we just have, we have to put it together. We job just finishing up our race season for hard win. Um, and so now it's time to focus on the Chinar for me. Right. 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 And therefore that part of the two is you want, you always have yourself up for success with the newer racers, right? Cause what you don't want to have happen is, and, and we see race structures do this rarely, but they still do it is that they have a really, really hard course and they put people out on it. And it's just, it's a, it's a suffer fest from start to finish. Now there's not a suffering adventure racing. It does happen, but it's tough with newcomers to do that to them. Right. Especially if it's a first time race doing it. Cause you want them to leave one to come back next year. Yeah. And I think that's part of the thing with the row gain, um, especially knowing that we're going to use, so we're going to reuse some of the controls, the checkpoints are going to be um, specific to the row gain. Others will be shared with the adventure race. Um, so, you know, we're sharing a course with people that have bikes. So we're going to have checkpoints that are, further away than anyone's going to be able to match to, to match down in a six hour row game. Like our, our goal in the row game is to not be for, for it to not be cleared. But part of the thing is like for everyone to realize like, Hey, once you get to two hours in your six hour row game, you need to start thinking about when you're going to turn around and come back. Right. You know, like, like to know, to plot a course that doesn't, that's not going to take you 12 hours to do it. Um, right. Because that's, and that's that's a real I think that's gonna be the real trick of the Rogaine and how we try to prepare people to to think through it is that it, it will be um, bigger than it's clearable in six hours. And to know that going in, and this is just a contest on see, uh, somebody's probably gonna shock us and get three more points than we think are possible. But um, but to, to know that there's more course than there's time. Right. And knowing that, like the time is the, it's the time that matters, not the course. Right. Um, 
for, for completion. So I, I think that's a big deal for us on the Rogaine is to, to teach through that. But, but like John said, um, one of the, one of the keys is going to be, um, the partnership with the national orienteering club. They're, they're new. Also, we've, we've been communicating back and forth with them for what, like three months on this already. Um, right. we're, we don't have anything definitive lined out yet. Um, but, but we're certainly hopeful, um, just that we can, we, we want, we want our new racer that's done, you know, 10 ultras, but has never held a compass before, um, to come in and have a, have a good time. Um, specifically, you know, if they do the AR, great. Um, hopefully they don't fall off the bike too many times, but, um, if they're on the road game, yeah, we want to be like, man, that was fun. I don't and it sounds like that's your target group. It sounds like you have an ultra community that's already built down there. And you're saying, guess what? Now that you've done ultras, here's is a brand new, you use your, your natural fitness, but on top of that, you layer in the mental map and compass component of the road gate. So it sounds like that's, that's, that's really exactly right. Field group. Okay. Yep. Got, it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And so what's nice too, is that is a good shot that a large, a large part of your racer base are people who have the fitness to actually take part in the event. It's going to be the, the I guess that the map and compass is going to be the challenging part for them. Right. And that's where the educational part comes in. I think is it's just having them well educated at a time. Gotcha. Yeah. Now be careful, John, you are running in the risk of, of, of cutting through your customer base. Cause one thing that does happen in adventure racing is, is that endurance athletes who do courses routes where people are told where to run, once they put a map and compass in their hands, they're ruined for races that where they know which direction to run. So be careful. That's that's you know a lot of adventure races like they were marathoners, right? They did triathlon. They're kind of like, eh, you tell me where to turn. I make a right here. I make a right here. Like where's the the the, the gur of the map and compass? So be ready for that experience as you as you go through it. Okay. Uh, people. That's great. We'll just. Well, I mean, we've already we're already talking about a second race. So exactly. Put more races on. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that the race itself will follow the basic disciplines of you mentioned the paddle already, right? You'll be on the water earlier in the morning. There's going to be cycling. You mentioned the mountain biking. There's going to be trekking. Without giving any parts of the of the of the race course away. Is there anything special on top of that you're considering? You didn't mention a ropes course. I don't think you're bringing ropes into this. Is there any special treats that you're looking at, things that you're considering in terms of geography, seeing things that are out there? Now, be careful that. Don't give away any parts of the race, but is there more beyond those three basic disciplines that you're considering? Um, no, we're not going to have um, – I mean, often the, the fourth is, is some type of ropes component. Um, and that we're, we aren't going to have any type of ropes or, you know, no pack rafting or, or anything like that. So it, it really will only be the kind of the three, the three basic disciplines gotcha. and obviously only one discipline on the road game. Checkpoints, maps, people, fun. We'll see you guys in 12 hours, right? That's what matters. It, it has the capability of doing a ropes course. There's actually a rope course already set up on the narrows of the Harpeth, um, that you could easily run them through. Um, there actually used to be an old adventure race um, at that ropes course. It started there a long time ago. I think it was around 13 years ago, Paul. Um, I forgot what it was called, but there was an old adventure race. They tried it one year, I think, and I, I, think, they, <laughs> I think they gave it up after that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you, you, it does have the potential. It does have the cliffs um, to to justify a rope some kind gotcha. of ropes. Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds yeah. like, it sounds like a, a rugged, tough course. It sounds like you got a lot going on there. It's a, uh, it's going to be, it sounds like it's going to be a great time for everyone involved. Now, John, question for you as someone who's kind of transitioning into adventure racing, you haven't done a race before yourself, but you've done a lot of outdoor stuff. You've done races mm -hmm. that are adventure, right? What do you, what's your, yep. your early impression of, of all of this? Like what's your take on it? Cause it sounds like Paul to his credit kind of, talked you into this and i think that might be a bit of a statement but like it sounds like now that you've been pulled into this this community you're learning all about it what's your early take on the sport well i've just never put it all together before i mean they're, they're all things that i do right i mean i i i ride bikes i i i've, I've done canoe would probably be my weakest area um but i mean as far as like i'm i'm out in the wilderness all the time um and this, you know, uh, the biggest, the, the most, one of the most exciting things is to teach people how to navigate. Um, I think that's something that's um, missing in the Nashville community. So I think I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, getting people educated in that, in that department. I, I used to do mountaineering. So um, that's something I'm familiar with. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward just to the people in our community having a better understanding of this type of racing and navigation in the woods because with ultra running you're following the flags right, right? they don't 
they don't have that discipline. So. And Paul, what do you think? I think it's what the reception is going to be for as someone who's done successfully done races and, and, and has, and has dived into the bigger events, you know, team supernova going to Canada. How do you think it's going to land with the community? Um, well, I, I think a few things that, that for me that, that make me excited about the race um, relative to other ones that I've done um, are um, first that we have almost no pavement on the biking. Um, so we, we may be looking at 30 to 40 miles of biking on there. John and I did like 34 scouting the course a couple weeks ago. Um, there might be one mile of pavement total. On, and that's like park roads. Um, so I, I'm just excited about a lot of times, especially when you're close to an urban area like this, you get in an adventure race and you're you're on like not super well traveled, but you're on paved roads for half to two thirds of the time during the race. So mm -hmm. like a lot of biking without the pavement, I think is just a, is a really big um, plus. The, that bike course is fun. Um, and second, uh, the Harpeth is beautiful. There's a reason that there's going to be 300 boats on it the day that we're doing this race. Mm -hmm. um, it is a scenic tourist destination river. We we didn't we're not throwing boats on like the trashy river that just happens to be close to where we want to run the race. Like right. it's it's gorgeous. Well, what's, so, what's really clear is what's come across during the interview is the fact that the two of you love this area. Like there's no doubt about it, and you just want to get more and more people out there, right? That's that's completely yeah. pouring out of the tour of you. You talk the two of you. You talk about it. Yeah, so that, those are the things that I'm I'm excited about, and and I think the third the third piece is just um, is it, just how startling it is that there's a place as remote as the Cheatham that close to Nashville. Like it, it just doesn't. It's it's almost incongruent. Like right. you, you know, you feel like you're you're um, 300 miles from civilization, but you're just just barely past the suburbs. In, in closing thoughts about the race, you know, you covered a lot of great stuff today. You talked a lot about the race you're putting together, the Cheatham, the, 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 the Narrows, all the things that you love about the race. Give me one last sales pitch. Give me the reason why people should jump into this race. Sure. Yeah. So, so I, um, for, for the, the listeners that's never done a hard one adventure race, um, you know, we've, we have 13 years of experience of putting on races successfully. Um, and so I think to somebody who's done a lot of adventure races, this is something that's new in this area, as you mentioned, Brian, it's, it's never been done in the Nashville area. Um, and so we're looking to, um, just build that. And I think it'll be neat to be a part of that for the first time, um, and to experience this area. And also it's like we said, it's so close to Nashville. You can come experience the race and then have a great time in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, you can't, can't go wrong with that. And if you want to sleep out on my farm, you're more than welcome to stay out there as long as you want. <laughs> I have 140 acres out there and you, you can bet that there's going to be people camping out. There always is. Well, it sounds like the two of you really have a focus on bringing people to a beautiful area. You're getting all your, your preparation. It sounds like the newer race will have a lot of support with the orienteering company. It sounds like you've just really put your heart and soul to this. We look forward to following along with it. The live tracking, we'll talk a lot about on the dark zone. Thanks for also being on the show. We really appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much for Thanks having us. us. Well, there you have it. John and Paul of Chaynard Adventure Race. Thanks for coming on the show, fellas. Great stuff. Good luck as you put the race together. We'll be following along. Registration link will be in the show notes, folks. Also, again, thanks to Enabled Tracking for their support of the Dark Zone. And don't forget about our charity's partner, Ascend Athletics. A lot of great stuff out there, folks. You keep racing, we'll keep talking. Be safe. Have fun. Tennessee. 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 Lord, I've really been real stressed, down and out, losing grass. Although I am black and brown, problems got me pessimistic. Brothers and sisters keep messing up. Why does it have to be so damn tough? I don't know where I can go to let these ghosts out of my skull. My grandma passed, my brother's gone. I never at once felt so alone. I know you're supposed to be my steering wheel, not just my.
Yeah. 